Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Clones, welcome back to our Daily Jungle. My first Friday back since the break. I hope that you denimed up, you backed it in, and you finished the week strong because we all did. Three great guests. We had Angel Skipper Mike Sosha on for the first time in quite some time. He was great. Wisconsin Badgers head coach Paul Christ and USC Trojans linebacker Cameron Smith. And that's before I got to my excellent takes. For the second time this week, second time, I opened up the show on the Jacksonville Jags. And that's not because Blake Bortles played well. Jay Cutler made his Dolphins debut, and he absolutely killed it. And we had an incredible call from Danica in Jacksonville, who punched the first ever golden ticket in August. You have to hear her call. All of that and Alvy's week that was, so let's just go ahead and roll it. I made history earlier this week when I opened up the show with Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The only thing crazier than me doing that once or me doing that ever is me doing it twice in the same exact week. Not even the same season, not even the same preseason, twice in the same week. Totally unprecedented. But they gave me no choice. And yes, they're going to steal the show. Steal the show. So you can save those tweets. I've got that covered. Here's the thing. I want to get on the Jags bandwagon. I know Jags fans want to as well. But that love is unrequited. Thanks to one Robbie Blake Bortles. The Jags lost to the Bucks in a game that was every bit as ugly as that 12-8 final score would indicate. And as further proof, the numbers do not tell the whole story. Blake Bortles went 8-for-13 for 65 yards, no picks. And you look at that box score and you think, well, that's not so bad. 8-for-13, 65 yards, no picks. That's not so bad. You'd look at that, you'd think that, but you'd be wrong because it was terrible, even by Blake Bortles, preseason standards. And that's grading it on the kindest curve of all. It was terrible. I mean, you tell me, what was your favorite Blake Bortles moment from last night? Was it that play-action fake to that invisible running back? Or was it the one-hopper to Allen Robinson that he threw on the same exact play? Or... Was it when Robinson beat his cover by five yards and Bortles underthrew him by three? Some of those passes were so bad, it didn't look like he was underthrowing Robinson. It looked like he was throwing to somebody else, except there was nobody else there. It was that bad. Dropping the throw is Blake. Fires deep down the middle of the field. Once Allen Robinson, incomplete. Allen broke free, but the ball was behind him. It's incomplete. It's going to be fourth down. There are some boos here in the stadium. Well, and, and I get it because the cornerback, Javian Elliott, has the man coverage on Allen Robinson. And Allen Robinson beats him, beats him right away, and he's got about a four- or five-yard cushion. If this ball is just a little underthrown, it's complete. Jags Radio, if you're an NFL quarterback, you make that throw. It's not a hard throw to make. You make that throw. But then again, let's flash back for a moment to the practice earlier this week when Bortles overthrew Robinson. Bleep in, keep the bleep in bounds, bro, bleep. So if he was dropping a bleep every other word in practice, what was Robinson doing last night during a game? I'm surprised he didn't go all Jeff Galuli on Bortles' knee right after that game, and I would not have blamed him if he did. It got so bad that Jags fans were actually rooting for Chad Henney to come into the game. Do you know how bad that is? 
That's officially rock bottom when you think that Chad Henney might make a situation better. That's like getting repeatedly punched in the face and then saying, hey, can you just kick me in the junk? Maybe that'll feel better. Because it won't, and it didn't. And then afterwards, head coach Doug Marone dropped this beauty on Blake's head. Quote, it's not like he's not the quarterback. End quote. It's not like he's not the quarterback? Is that some sort of Tom Jim Sula style riddle? I wouldn't say it. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. I would not say that. I wouldn't say it either. It's not like he's not the quarterback. 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 I would not say that. So does that mean he's the quarterback or that he's not the quarterback? I don't blame Marone for going with the double speak. I'm surprised he didn't just run to the press conference like that Michigan women's basketball coach did back in the day. That's how I feel. Damn sick and tired of getting out rebounded. 25 offensive rebounds. First time we block out, we get called for a damn block out. We're pushing people. I mean, if Moran had done that, I would have totally understood. Instead, he took a more measured approach. We can tell this guy's sick to his stomach. Quote, I met with both quarterbacks afterward. I told them what I'm looking for is I'm looking for somebody that's going to lead this offense. I'm not happy with the performance today. I'm not going to sit here and BS anyone. I mean, everybody saw it out there. Whatever you want to call it. I'm still trying to evaluate who the best person is at that position. I met with both quarterbacks afterwards. Uh, I told them what I'm looking for is I'm looking for someone that's going to lead this offense. So uh, I'm not... Happy with the performance today. I'm not going to sit here and and, uh, BS anyone. I mean, everyone saw it out there. Uh, Whatever you want to call it, I'm still trying to evaluate who the best person is at that position. I told that to uh, both quarterbacks. Let me save you some time, Coach. Whatever you're looking for, whatever you're looking for, you're not going to find it in your quarterback room right now. Everybody knows the old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. But the truth is, if you have Blake Bortles and Chad Henney, you don't have two quarterbacks. You don't even have zero quarterbacks. That's like having negative quarterbacks. At this point, they would be better off just having Leonard Fournette running the Wildcat all day long. At least he'd bleeping keep the bleep in bounds, bro. Bleep. Don't tell that to Blake. Blake says it's all good. Nothing has changed for him. Nothing changes for me. Um, it's the same thing. The mindset doesn't change. Um, obviously, tonight wasn't a good showcase um, at all. And, uh, you know, I don't think anything will change. We'll come in tomorrow, watch it, and get to work on uh, Saturday. Right, Blake. Right, Blake. That's the problem. Nothing changes for you. This is the problem. How can you be four years into the NFL and really not be that much better than you were when you first entered the NFL? I know this. Watching him last night, he's still no better than he was even last year. He's still making all the same mistakes, still missing receivers who are wide ass open, and still making bad decisions with the ball. And he still can't make even the easiest throws. Seriously, I think this guy might be playing the wrong position. Honestly, watching him last night, I think he might be playing the wrong sport. He's 11-34 and 34 overall as a starter. That gives him the worst winning percentage of any quarterback taken in the top three in the draft since 1967 with at least 40 starts. That according to ESPN. And if that was kind of too hard to remember or follow, check this. 11 pick sixes. 11. It's an astonishing number. An astonishing and awesome number. And they should have known better. Mike Sosha is my guest. 
I mentioned the win, Mike, on Wednesday in Washington. Your starting pitcher, let me start there. Ricky Nolasco didn't have a great first inning, but he battled through. He got you to the sixth before he had to leave with cramps. What did he show you in the way he handled that adversity and the way he fought through it? Well, you know, Ricky is, uh, if you look at his one-loss record and some some um, internal statistics, not having his best season. But one thing he does, he competes as well as any pitcher I've ever seen. So it really comes down to a matter of if he's on and he's making his pitches, he's going to have success. And as things start to get away from his delivery and he misses, um, then he's going to be in trouble. In the first inning, you know, he, he left a fastball, a sinker right there in the heart of the plate to Zimmerman, and they get off to a 2 nothing lead. Uh, then he found it, and uh, he made some pitches all the way through to almost finish the sixth inning. Uh, and uh, and you know, Ricky battles, and I think that that, that, that sets a tone for uh, our whole team when your starting pitcher goes out there and maybe he's um, he's struggling a little bit, but you know he's going to go out there and give everything he has to try to get the game to a certain point. Los Angeles Angels manager Mike Sosha joins us. So then you get a two-run home run from Cole Calhoun in the sixth, and then your bullpen goes to work, allowing just one hit in three and a third innings of work. In fact, over the last five games, the bullpen has allowed a total of two earned runs in more than 17 innings. So when you've got a bullpen that's rolling the way yours is right now, how much confidence does that give you and then the rest of the team? Well, there's no doubt that uh, we're at, we're getting some depth down there, Jim. And the one thing about our pen, these guys have been out there a lot, and they, they're doing a great job. Um, uh, you know, you you, uh, you want to make sure they stay fresh so they can stay effective, but I think the whole key to this thing is getting the game on your terms and, and, and holding leads, and uh, we're at our best when we're able to do that, so the bullpen obviously becomes a big part of that. These guys have been terrific. A lot of guys are getting an opportunity to, to pitch in big games that maybe hadn't before in their career, you know, uh, uh, back into pens, guys like Blake Parker, and, you know, you've got Bud Norris who was closing for us for a long time. Some young guys like Keenan Middleton and, uh, and Cam Bedrosian are, are, are doing a terrific job, and uh, he's Merrill Petit. So it's kind of an eclectic group, but they're, they're getting it done. Clones, let me talk to you about Stamps.com. Stamps.com saves you time and money, which you can use to grow your business. I can mail any letter, any package, using just my computer and printer, and the mailman picks it right up. I can avoid the hassle of the post office and mail everything from postcards to envelopes to packages, domestic or international. And you can create your Stamps account in minutes online with no equipment to lease and no long-term commitments. Click, print, mail, and you are done. Unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes. You can print postage for letters or packages at your own convenience 24-7. It's convenient. It's easy. It's reliable. It's flexible. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the very top of the homepage. Type in Rome. Stamps.com. Enter Rome. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office ever again. That is Stamps.com. Now it's back to our daily jungle. And like I mentioned, you've won 7 of 8, so you're holding down the second place wildcard spot. But if we go back to July 28th, the team was five and a half games out of the wild card. At that point, Mike, did it feel like the team was ready to break out and then go on a run? Well, I, I knew we, we had a chance uh, to play better, and I felt we would play better. Um, and it all comes down to, uh, you know, uh, some of our offensive woes. You get Mike Trout back in the lineup, and it makes everyone else kind of get uh, in the place where they're comfortable. And uh, not that we're not going to cover off the ball, but we're definitely pressuring teams more, and that's going to be important to us. 
uh, we always felt like we're uh, we're going to be in a pennant race, and uh, even some of the you know darker times during the season when you were in some of those a couple losing streaks, uh, you always felt like you were going to play better, and uh, we have. And uh, you know the the thing about baseball is uh, you know you're coming into the last six weeks of the season, and the last six weeks of the season uh, you know can be a lifetime. So uh, you need to keep focused, just just chew this thing one pitch at a time, and you're going to play tough games all the way out. And we know we have to play well. So, yeah, when we were playing poorly, uh, we thought we were going to be able to turn it around. Uh, now, you know, as you're, as you're starting to get a little momentum, you just want to go out there and continue to do uh, what you've been doing for the last, uh, you know, couple weeks, and, and that's going to be our focus. Angels manager Mike Sosha joins us. You know, Mike Trout, the numbers are just mind-boggling. He's already passed the 1,000 career hit mark. He's approaching 200 home runs. If he reaches that number this season – he joins Jimmy Fox, Mel Ott, Mickey Mantle, and Alex Rodriguez as members of the 1,000-hit, 200-home run club in their age 25 season. I mean, I know people get spoiled by the career he's having, but when you hear his name mentioned with the likes of Fox, Ott, and Mantle, what's that tell you about him? I, I think it puts it all in perspective. Uh, what Mike Trout is doing, and we see it every day, is just uh, incredible. And we get to see it every day. I think uh, the, the, the casual fan or the fan that, that doesn't see Mike uh, day in and day out can look at numbers and look at what he's doing, and you say, "Hey, this guy's this guy's a special player." But when you see him play every day, and the the the, the way the the uh, the little things show up in his game of of what he does on the defensive side, uh, how he runs the bases, how he never takes a pitch off, uh, that that's one of the, the things about Mike's makeup that makes him a special guy, along with his natural talent. Um, and, and and when you, when you start to, to hear the the names of the uh, of of the guys that he's um, you know, being being compared to, uh, we're seeing something right before our eyes. That's a, that's like a living legend. And combined with Albert, when, when Albert hits a home run or does something, the, the guys that uh, you know he's connected with, it's um, yeah, it's been really fun. But uh, the one thing about Mike is uh, Mike's focus is on winning. He wants to win. That, that's the, that's what drives him. And uh, he's not going to be content until he gets that World Series ring. And that's what we're all trying to move move towards. At this point, Mike, is there anything that Trout does? that surprises you, or do you just expect the unexpected from him all the time? Well, he, he does do things that uh, I've seen very few guys be able to do. Uh, some of the pitches that he hits, uh, some of the pitches that he hits out of the park in the opposite field, and you say, how did the guy do that? Or or some of the things that uh, that he does on a daily basis. Um, uh, you know, there, there's always that, that one thing that jumps out, and, and it just makes a statement of how you know great Mike is. But I think his real... Uh, talent is just his consistency, and uh, as his career keeps going, and you, you hope this guy just keeps going and, and doing the things that uh, that, that he does, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be, uh, I think, measured on his consistency. And he, he's you know he, he, all, if he hits 40 home runs and he comes back the next year and he does hit 45, uh, you know you're not gonna say, well, we had a, he didn't have quite as good of a year um, as he did when he hit 40. Uh, he's out there just trying to play baseball day in and day out. He's not chasing numbers. And I think that helps him to to stay in the present and uh, and do things uh, that that he's he's capable of doing. He's got a great he got great makeup and plays the game hard and definitely sets the tone for our club. Let's take a phone call in Jacksonville, Danica in Jayville. Danica, good morning. What's up, Rome? I felt like last night that I'm from waking up from uh, a regretful one night stand. That's that's basically how I feel. I was at the five interception practice. I was at the practice where he threw Robinson out of bounds. Blake Bortles has shown the Jaguars exactly who he is 
and that's not our starting quarterback. Chad Henney isn't it. He was benched for Bortles, so there's no way he is any better. We've had three years of this. We see who he is. The Jacksonville Jaguars brass knew what they had, and they let it go. They didn't bring in any competition for him, didn't do anything. There's no fixing this. There's no way to come back from this, okay? And you have Jalen Ramsey out there the first year balling out and sitting there on the sideline saying, I'm tired of losing. You got him liking Instagram posts on any other quarterback but Bortles. I mean, the team is not with this guy. The energy last night was absolutely just down. We booed. Nobody is here for this. Nobody wants to stand for this. And the thing about it is, there's nothing left to do. So now I'm out of money for season tickets, and the only thing I can do is go to the games, get drunk, find a little tenderoni, and take him home for the night and ruin him. I'm out. <laughs> Danica, racker, Danica in Jayville, and she just stole the show. Steal the show. Look at Danica. That was so great. Jacksonville fan started the call off by saying it's like it's like a one night stand. It's like a walk of shame. I woke up this morning after a one night stand. I sobered up, so regretful. Had that walk of shame. She goes, "There's nothing left for me to do." I mean, you got to run back to the last part of that po- that the last part of that call. There's nothing left for her to do because she's out of money, so she's got to go to the game and look for another one night stand. It's not going to get any better than that. For Jaguar, Jaguar fans, it may not get any worse than what you saw on the field yesterday. Or even worse, it might. It might get worse than that. You've got one Robbie Blake Bortles. How's that for a selection or a quarterback competition? you got to choose between Bortles and Chad Henney. That might be the worst quarterback battle the NFL has ever seen. And Jacksonville, there's so much to like about Jacksonville. Like, I so want to get with these guys. I want to ride that bandwagon. Because there are a lot of parts and pieces and things to like, except for the guy under center. How did you not know that? How did you not bring somebody in? How are you left with a choice between Bortles and Henny? It's horrible. Danica knows that. Now, I'm out of money for season tickets, and the only thing I can do is go to the games, get drunk, find a little tenderoni, and take him home for the night and ruin him. I'm out. That's an all-time jungle line. The only thing left for me to do is go to the games, get drunk, find a little tenderoni, bring him home so I can ruin him. (laughs) She stole the show. Steal the show. Who's next? 1-800-636-8686. I am this close. In fact, screw it. Danica, golden ticket. I just gave her a golden ticket for 2018 on the strength of that one line. You see what I'm trying to tell you? You don't need to have 20 rat calls in a row. On the strength of that one crazy line, she got herself a golden ticket for 2018. We're already talking 2018 smack off. Because, quote, there's nothing left for me to do but go to the game, get drunk, find a tenderoni, bring him home, and wreck him. Get drunk, find a little tenderoni, and take him home for the night and ruin him. I'm out. Ruin him. Sorry. (laughs) That line just got her a golden ticket. And now I'm looking for some reaction. Danica reaction. Matt in Van is in on Twitter. Strongest lady clone call ever. It, It certainly is. It's up there. That takes me back to the days when Rachel in Houston used to absolutely crush it on the show. 
when Rachel had more fire than most of the guys who called the program. Matt and Van called it the strongest lady clone call ever. Jeff and Norco tweets, that lady clone is on fire. Mike D for three tweets, rack this lady clone. Tommy from NC, damn Danica. Where were you when I went to the Jags opener in 2015? Signed, your little tenderoni. Find a little tenderoni and take him home for the night and ruin him. I've got a golden ticket. Silk Raw even in. He tweets, boom, racked. You never know when there might be a golden ticket. You see, this isn't a case where we were six weeks out. I brought the thing back. I tried to fire up for it. Smack-offs year-round. There is no off-season for the smack-off. You never know when somebody might rip a golden ticket like she just did. Hey, and I'll be honest, it was the furthest thing from my mind. I'm not sitting here on August 18th on a Friday thinking to myself, hey, who's going to get a golden ticket today? I mean, I'm still living in the glory of that last smack-off. And out of nowhere, there's Danica to rip one. Paul Christ, we're getting closer to the start of the season, but if you could... Can you take me through your approach to fall camp this year? Because the new rules prohibit two-a-days in camp. So how have you gone about structuring that camp? And what kind of an impact has that had that change have on you? It's certainly been uh, been different than what we're all accustomed to. And, and I think players and, and coaches kind of like the old format, but this is the rules. And so, you know, with five weeks of practice before you play a game, I thought you couldn't be like what it used to be when – You'd go to fall camp and you'd you kind of keep them busy all day. You'd, you'd have you know all day and, and night, and they'd probably leave at you know nine ten o'clock at night. And so we kind of just tried to model it off of uh, kind of the system we used when I was in the NFL, and just kind of a work day and bring them in the morning and the afternoon and, and let them go home after dinner and and have the evenings. And it's uh, it's been a, it's been good for our team and. You know, I think you had to have enough different ways to break up camp so it wouldn't uh, the monotony of it wouldn't get to it. But our, our groups handled it, and so it's uh, it's been a good camp. Wisconsin head coach Paul Chris joining us. Now you're one of four Big Ten teams in the preseason coaches poll. Knowing you, I doubt you're going to start organizing a parade to celebrate that. But <laughs> what's it tell you about the quality and the depth of the conference this season? Well, I think you know it's certainly have had a ton of respect for a long time of the, the players that play in the Big Ten and and, and certainly the coaches. And, and I th- like we've told our, our group is that, you know, the reason why, you know, we're mentioning it is, is the work that's been done by the teams before them, and, and you appreciate that. And, and some of these players were, were parts of those teams, and, uh, and they, they should be proud of that. But this is a new year, and that's the beauty of, of playing sports and, and playing the season is is really all that matters is what you do during that year during that time and and um, and that's what you have every every week you got an opportunity to to build on that and and kind of make your statements with your actions and so um, you know certainly a ton of respect for the conference I, I appreciate the the guys that we've got here but you got to go out and you get to go out and do it each and every week and, and that's that's the fun of a season. Right then, in terms of the guys you have there, you've got quarterback Alex Hornibrook, who took over as a freshman last season. In week four, he was strong the rest of the way. How does he look to you right now as he gets ready for the start of his sophomore season? You know, I think Alex has had a good off season. You know, starting from when he came back, you know, beginning of second semester and, and spring football and summer, and, and yet he still is young. You know, there's still a lot of growth to be had by him. But 
there's nothing like experience. And so I think last year, having gone through it and understanding what it's like to, to play in a game and, and, you know, when he's looking over, you know, film from last year, it's him in those situations. And, and I think that's an area just kind of understanding situational football that he can improve upon. And, but, you know, those are lessons that he was able to learn and, and then feeling that much more comfortable with our offense and probably most importantly with, with his teammates. And, and so he's done a great job of, uh, kind of working and, and being hungry at it. You know, certainly he hasn't gotten complacent cause he's been named the starter or anything like that. And, and so I'm, I'm excited for him to continue to grow, but I've liked what he's done to this point. College football getting started. We're talking some Wisconsin football right now. Now your defensive coordinator, Justin Wilcox, took the head coaching job at Cal, and then you promoted Jim Leonard to replace him. Now he had never coached before last season, and now he's your D coordinator. It seems pretty amazing. What did you see in him that made you feel like he was ready to take that big step? You know, it's uh, I've had a ton of respect for, for Jim. I was an assistant when he played here, and, and then we stayed in touch you know, while he was playing in the NFL and, and had some great experiences in the NFL. And, and certainly being a, a coordinator, you know, there's a schematic side to it. And, and as far as knowledge of the X's and O's, you know, he's been exposed and been in great defenses. He's really, he, he's far along in that. And, and then I think a, a big part of coordinating is, is just that it's connecting people, it's connecting groups and, and, who Jim is, is as a guy, that's that's one of his strengths. And so, you know, he doesn't have to do it alone. I feel really fortunate with the the other coaches we have on the defensive staff, and, and we've got a number of veteran players on that defense. And so, um, you know, hated to see Justin Wilcox go to Cal and, and loved the opportunity to work with him. But, you know, feel really good about where Jim's at. And, and certainly he's going to grow and he's going to learn you know, this year, and, and we kind of all hope that we do that. Cameron Smith, who makes his first appearance on the program. Now, a lot of buzz surrounding your team right now, and I know you're not going to pay a lot of attention to it, but dial us in. What's the vibe like in camp right now? Oh, we're all glued in. Um, feeling really good and confident and just excited to um, for the opportunity to play at Western Michigan. Um, we've worked all season or all off-season long, and um, things are clicking for us right now. I saw yesterday there was a shaved ice truck at the end of practice. So the most important question of the day is, did you get some? And if so, what flavor did you go with? I did not get any. Um, usually after practice like that, everyone storms over there. So there's a huge line. But uh, I just decided to go into the locker room and get ready to go to dinner. <laughs> Dude, that took some serious discipline. I thought that I thought that when you're out there and you're grinding and it's hot and everybody's miserable, it's all, that's the thing, man. It's about the shaved ice truck and you didn't do it. That took some serious no. resolve. Yeah, and I couldn't pull the trigger. <laughs> Cameron Smith joining us. Right now, playing linebacker at USC means that you're a part of this great tradition. It includes guys like Jack Del Rio, Chris Claiborne, Junior Seau, to name only a few. So what's it mean to you to be a linebacker at USC? Uh, that's a big reason why I came here. It's it's an honor to, to throw in the helmet every day and, and walk out there and, and you know, work on the practice field and then walk out to the Coliseum. It's, it's one of the biggest reason why I came here was because of the tradition so like I said it's just an honor to to be a linebacker here to play with these guys and you know that's the best competition in the country and it's it's I'm living life right now Cameron Smith joining us now last season's defense was good but you're in your second year now with D coordinator Clancy Pendergast now that you've had a year with him how much faster do you expect the defense to play 
yeah, I think we. I mean, we've had a so far this fall camp. We've we've shown great signs of, of what we can be. I think it, one one um, one key part we're going to focus on this year is just being more consistent. Um, you know, limiting the, the mistakes and the bone coverages and and some of the bigger plays and and that's you know that's where we will be continue to get better from there. So um, two years in the system helps a lot. Uh, I think it's just important for us to you know just keep getting better and consistent and, and find you know who who we are as a as a defense early. Cameron, take me back to last season for a moment because it was a really impressive performance by the team when you consider you had that really rough loss to Alabama to open up the year. You start the season one and three. I think a lot of teams in that situation could have just said, look, it's not it's not happening. It's not meant to be. It's not our year. Go into the tank, mail it in. But that's not what you guys did. How were you able to turn that around? I think you know, right after the Utah game, we met as a team, um, no coaches, just players only, and discussed a lot of, you know, where where we all stand individually, and um, you know what we wanted for the team. I think that was that played a huge part into into us moving on. But um, Coach Coach Helton was was huge in that as well, um, mainly because you know, we we focused a lot on you know how we how we had gotten better after each week and just keeping us positive and confident and and keeping that culture alive and not letting us to die. So um, I think overall we. we we figured out who we, we needed to be and who we were, and just played to our you know, our best ability. And I think that was that you know played dividend in the, in the long run. USC linebacker Cameron Smith joining us. And then on top of that, I mean, specifically when you look at the Alabama loss, you said, "quote It was embarrassing. Sometimes you've got to get your ass whooped a little bit to define where you're at and add to your motivation." End quote. So, what did that loss do for the mentality of that football team? I think it was huge. For us, just just to see where we stood, um, you know, we walked out there and um, you know we, we came out with a lot of hype and energy, and, and you know we just didn't we didn't play with all that same energy towards it throughout the whole game, and I um, I think that was kind of where what we realized was the difference between them, them and us. And um, towards the end of the season, you know, there were there were some games that the other team started out with hype, um, like UCLA or like Notre Dame came out came out blazing and we just we we played with the same hype throughout the whole game and and it, it finishes the, the those games off right and so i think it was huge just to see you know such a high level team like alabama and see where we stand and what we need to improve on to be to you know to fall in those footsteps and, and start winning more games and so i think that was we i mean we had to look at it in a more positive way and and just get better for us let's talk cutty all right so scoreboard scoreboard Maybe the single old oldest concept or premise discussed on this show. Hell, probably the single oldest concept in all of sports. And the most important concept and the most binary. Somebody wins, somebody loses, period. End of discussion. I don't give a damn about anything else. Anytime anybody calls or tweets or emails or cries about the officiating or injuries or that the better team didn't win, I say the exact same thing. Scoreboard, scoreboard, scoreboard. I've said this for 30 years. Scoreboard. Look up at it. They won. You lost. End of discussion. The scoreboard ends every single discussion. It never lies. Or at least I always believed that until I think last night. Because the scoreboard read Ravens 31, Dolphins 7. And I'm not even sure Miami really lost that game. And that Jay Cutler didn't win that game. 
because it also says that Cuddy went three for six for 24 yards, which sounds completely Bortles-esque, Henny-esque. But if it sounds like one of the worst games ever, why did it look like one of the best? Cuddy probably should have strolled right off the field after those two drives, went back to that still-burning heater that he had stashed in an ashtray on the bench and told head coach Adam Gaze, not my fault, not my fault. And you know what? He'd be right because my man was feeling it. He was rocking and he was rolling, throwing darts, moving at tempo, and already getting a hell of a lot more out of Devontae Parker than Ryan Tannehill ever did. Julius Thomas in motion. Play action fake. Back to throw. Fires. Got a wide open Parker on a deep slant route. Down to the 42-yard line of Baltimore. Brandon Carr brought him down, but a nice bullet to Parker. Oh, my gosh. Jay Cutler put it right on. Of course he did. Dolphins radio. And you see him checking it down, too, for Jay Ajahi. Throwing that absolute frozen rope on the move to the sideline that went for 31 yards, only to have it called back for a hold. Hell, and for a guy who had had his toughness questioned in the past, he goes completely badass, bouncing right up off the turf after getting absolutely planted. What I'm saying is, it took maybe 10 seconds of seeing Cuddy doing Cuddy things to know that this guy was not ready for the broadcast booth. The question now is not, can Cuddy do it? It's why should Tannehill even bother rehabbing? Because he's not going to get that job back. Not with Cuddy spinning it the way he is. Look out, AFC. Jay Cutler's back. And it's all set up for him, too. Do what you do, Alvin DeLauro. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up? Welcome to the program. I am Jim Rome, broadcasting from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studio. Back at it after a two-week vacation. Are you guest hosting the Grant Napier show today? This is Grant Napier. I think if you do it well, it could be a springboard to getting your own show one day. Nazis. Actual Nazis. In 2017. So I figured I'd be able to make it through my entire career without ever having to talk about Nazis. But after what happened in Charlottesville over the weekend, that's now impossible. Ice Cube joining us. It's not pretty, it's ugly, it's uh, elusive, it hides, and it pops out, you know, uh, you know, like herpes or something, you know what I mean? It just pops out out of nowhere. Ezekiel Elliott! This guy didn't get it at Ohio State, and he still doesn't get it in Dallas. And if a six-game suspension does not get his attention, then absolutely nothing will. Wake the hell up before you do any more damage to your career or the team that's paying you and counting on you. I don't have anything to say. Steve Smith. It's all 32 teams operating process. I want to learn that. It is equivalent to drinking water from a fire hydrant through a straw. 89. Nobody wants to be the fat guy. Like the guy you see on TV like, whoa, that dude blew up. Especially when you're 5'9". You can look real fat on TV real quick. Come on, man. No Wi-Fi. I can get Wi-Fi in a car but not an airplane? A car. A car. Also, I had to ask for food. My pride usually prevents me from asking for food, but I thought that I was going to die. I was famished. I'm like, hey, yo, yeah. Excuse me. Yes, sir. Can we help you? Is there any food around this airplane? Food? David Questenberry, you not only rang that bell, you ripped it off the wall. It was a long time coming, you know, this has been a moment that we hadn't talked about since you got diagnosed. You know, I was going to ring that bell as hard as I could because it was just like end of a fight and we came out, we came out triumphant. Tiger! That night, reportedly he had Vicodin, Dilaudid, Xanax, Ambien, and THC in his system. Tiger Woods was on the Tiger Slam of drugs. Go to Michigan quickly. Scott? Tiger's not just some small time. My ex was on that shit. She did 
didn't. Ah! Down goes Harper. Bob Manfred, when you hurt. see a star get hurt the way he did, me. is that just one of those and things, or is that something over. that might be preventing going forward? With this one, you know, it's one of those freak things. Putting his foot down at the wrong spot, hard to know how you can prevent an injury like that. Mike Gundy. And there were people calling, and why are you cutting it? And I'm like, dude, just chill. I'm just getting a tram a little bit. I mean, I was either going to have to put it in a ponytail or tram it a little bit. I want to hear from the Cowboy Nation. Show me your lightning bolt. Oklahoma State. Jared Lorenzen joining us. And when I jumped back on that scale, it all kind of hit me at once. Oh, my God, I'm at that number. That's the number I'm at. That's when it really kind of hit home. So, Jared, what was that number? The number was 502. Leap in. Keep the bleep in bounds, bro. Mitch, bro, can you hear me? Why don't they put Tom Brady in the Hall of Fame right on? now? He just put Mitch, up 28 points with four passes. I think he is a Mitch, we put it another way, man. Are you high right now? Yeah. Anybody who Mitch. isn't a Patriots fan, Why and not? I just want to send that Mitch. Brady love out there. Ah! Like I always say, have a take. No. Don't stop. Heath Evans. I'm good, buddy. How you been? Great, Heath. How about you? How are things? Ooh, you know, summer in training camp and preseason. Just uh, try to keep my head above water, buddy. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas. Clearly have had an amazing year. Would you like to make it even better right now by coming over to the crunchy <laughs> side, Justin? As much as I would love to, to humor you, I'm going to have to stay with Dreamy. I'm, I'm not wavering sides there. Cuddy's the right guy for that, right? Cuddy can stay down. Cuddy is the right man at the right time. Right? Of course he isn't. But it's going to be fun as hell to watch. Kalani Sataki is my guest. Thanks for having me on, Jim. I'm, I'm excited about that jungle karma coming back again for oh, me this man, year. you got it. Coach Freeze was very You've got a guy who's that profound, allegedly, in his faith. But you were none of those things. You're a fraud. You're a hypocrite. You're a liar. Shouldn't he have been out looking for a five-star tight end and not a five-star tight end? Edward in Little Rock. My first name is John, so I appreciate you ruining that name for me. Edward from Little Rock, because now he don't have that kick. Monkey ass bitch, monkey ass bitch. Gorilla boy! Monkey ass bitch. Ah! Delaney Walker is my guest. Whenever I'm out there, I give it a hundred. A hundred every play. So, you know, just to hear guys say that, it goes a long, long way to know that my peers see me out there working. Grandmothers without their tops on the beach. Knocking grandma! Couldn't unsee that. Couldn't erase that image. And if you think I had a problem with it, you can only imagine what my uh, youngster Logan thought <laughs> when he saw that. Josh in Detroit. I thought I would check out the Lions. We're going to go 1 in 15. The same old organization. And so. Ah! <laughs> There are some boos here in the stadium. Now, I'm out of money for season tickets, and the only thing I can do is go to the games, get drunk, find a little tenderoni, and take him home for the night and ruin him. Tanika with the golden ticket. I think I'm pretty safe in saying she ain't going to get schmacky helicoptered either. Now, Mike Sosha is my guest. You know, sometimes father time catches up to all of us, and I think it did with Jared. Not you and me, Mike. Never. Yeah, I'm, uh, he's, oh, he's, he's biting on my tail, no doubt. Cameron Smith. I saw yesterday there was a shaved ice truck at the end of practice. I did not get any. Um, oh, come on. Everyone storms over there, so there's a huge line. Hey, Squirrel, you're literally blocked. Ah! Don Brady should be in the Hall of Fame. Diarrhea out of his mouth. I'm a man. I'm 50. Whoa. A leather-studded Speedo. Poop emoji. Oh, my gosh. There you now is. you know you're. I see you in the woods, sir, guys. I've always been a big fan of you. Continue to be. Yep, I'll take the jungle karma any day. Elephant just left the room. How excited were the clones to have you back on the air this Monday? Somewhat excited. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Thank you for answering. I'm out. Good night now. That was good, Alvy. Really good. Benny in Wisco making his first appearance since the smack off. Benny, what's up? Not much, man. With all the rat and horse and giraffe talk, uh, this is just what our little animal planet of a show is missing. Cougars ranting about jaguars. 
Danica, calling and saying you're going to go to a Jags game to get drunk and ruin a tenderoni is like a Jags fan saying that they're going to go to a Jags game, get drunk, and ruin a tenderoni. I mean, what the hell else are you going to do there? Watch a football game? Next, you're going to try to tell me that one of my fellow Packer fans is going to head to Lambeau on a cold Sunday, drink 14 beers before noon, smash themselves full of bratwurst and kraut, and then find a little lavaratoni to ruin. I mean, are fans at Cruz Pedregon's race today not going to be dressed in their nicest Tweety Bird pajama pants either? Uh, I'm not going to tie up this line much longer, Jim. I'm sure Danica's on hold uh, wanting to give you guys her address so you can mail her her actual golden ticket because the employees at the Jacksonville Cash for Gold won't accept today's podcast. They're stuck on audio as a bartering tool. And aside from that, I'm going to imbibe this afternoon on going a little benderoni myself. Have a good weekend. Goodbye, Benjamin. So good to be back, clones. Thank you very much for checking in. Thank you for listening. Now do what you do. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and as always, trust the podcast. And check back next week for more Daily Jungle. We'll see you then. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.